The Calgary Zoo Wilder Institute does amazing conservation work right here in our city with the details on the work they do and how they keep tabs on animals released into the wild. We are joined by Leah Randall, Senior Manager of Conservation Operations at Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo. Good morning to you and welcome back, Leah. Great, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Let's talk about this because we've seen animals that we love spending time at the zoo. Uh, we see the animals within your facility, uh, but when you release an animal to the wild with, through the conservation programs, how do you track them? This sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, well, and we have a variety of different ways, and it kind of depends on the species. So there's different technology that we use. So, for example, um, for some of our species, like sage grouse and our burrowing owls, we'll use GPS or radio transmitters. But for some of our species, like the frogs, we have automatic recording units that we can set up that will record their, their calling habits so we know if they're still present. And then for a lot of our other species, we also use cat camera traps and then there's also we can mark individuals or some of them might have natural markings that we can pick up on those camera traps um, for our prairie dogs we uh, actually can mark them with a temporary hair dye um, you've probably seen birds that have like leg bands and you know even think about your your own pets like you know some of them you might have their ears might be tattooed or their pit tags there's like there's lots of different ways that we use to track them i've always wanted to attach a like a dash cam on my cat's head and send them out in the wild but how do you i mean for some of these animals i, I get it you know with the, the the spray you know coloring on their fur but how do you attach equipment to an animal and not have them try to get it off well, yeah, and it depends on the species. So, you know, you, if you've been to Banff, you know, maybe you've seen some of the bears and elk. You know, it's easy enough that you could put, like, a radio transmitter on them. But what do you do when a species doesn't have a neck, like a frog? So, you know, in the past, we've done things like make these little beaded belts that have a radio transmitter that attaches around their waist. Um, and then, you know, for our, our burrowing owls, we have, because they have to fly, you know, it can't interfere with that. So we actually have a little little backpack, backpack that attaches to them. <laughs> and then for some of our other species, like sage grouse, it's, it's really challenging because for the females, we can make like a little necklace, that transmitter that fits around their neck. But I don't know if you've ever seen the males. They, they have these um, inflatable chest sacks that they use um, for their courtship display. And so if you put a necklace around them, that would like really inhibit that. So in those cases, we actually have to attach them to their tail feathers, the transmitter, but then they molt their feathers, you know, at least once a year. So then the transmitter falls off. So, you know, those can pose some real challenges. Uh, Leah, we've talked about the technology and the process to arrange this tracking. Let's talk about the why. How is the information used and what is the data used to, uh, as far as conservation is concerned? Because why not just release the animals and, and let them live their lives? What do you use this data for? Well, we need to know if our efforts have actually been successful. So one of the things we can do is we can track the survivorship of the animals that we're releasing. And obviously that's really important. And we can get a better understanding of what kinds of threats they might be facing. You know, some of our species do long distance migration, so they could face many threats kind of along their routes. And if we have a better idea of, of what those threats are, then we can hope to mitigate them. 
and also, you know, just getting a better idea of what kind of, of habitats that they're using and what might be important for them can, again, help us, like, kind of release them maybe into better areas or maybe better preserve those habitats. Lee, I'm curious, how, how do you decide which animals you're going to work with when it comes to conservation efforts? We actually have a really detailed program and uh, that we're, we're actually refining all the time. So one of the key things that we want to look at is, you know, is there a conservation need? Um, obviously, that would be the most important. And then we also kind of want to look at how feasible it is to, you know, like for some species, it could be really challenging if, you know, uh, for captive breeding um, and and so, and then, you know, just like what species um, do we think that we can actually make the most difference for? Um, if people, if Calgarians want to get involved, and I do know with, with a great institute like the Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo, we know that our uh, admission goes to help with the great work. But what if people want to take things to the next level, Leah? Can, can an average Calgarian get involved with the work of conservation and help you folks do what you do? Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, like um, anyone that visits the zoo, that those dollars do help fund our research. Um, there's other ways that people can kind of get more involved, like even in their backyards with doing, you know, um, using things like I've mentioned this before, like iNaturalists tracking species in their own backyard. There are also some volunteer uh, opportunities at the zoo, so I would recommend that people, you know, check out our website. Um, but those are probably the primary ways. It's fascinating work that you do, and you certainly get recognized around the world. I mean, this is a chance for you to toot your own horn, Leah, because I know the work that you do at the Calgary Zoo Wilder Institute certainly gets recognized in other countries. People look to you for the work that you do in conservation. That's got to be pretty, uh, you know, it's just got to help you move forward in the things that you do and your organization does, right? Yeah, and and we've really been expanding our programs um, a lot. Like when I started with the zoo, geez, about 12 years ago now, um, there was only about five people in our department. And now we're up to 25 and we're in multiple countries. You know, I think people are more familiar in Calgary with the work that we do locally. But, you know, we're we're involved internationally in in projects in like Ghana and Madagascar and and other places. And we're always looking to expand that, that network and um, the impact that we can do. We're also looking to expand our programs more into Eastern Canada because to to date we've really been kind of focused more, you know, in kind of like Central Canada and Western Canada. So I think that those opportunities are there and definitely there is a conservation need. Leo, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. That is Leo Randall, Senior Manager of Conservation Operations at Wilder Institute, Calgary Zoo online at calgaryzoo.com and wilderinstitute.org.